Mastermind Extended on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome to Goal Line Extended on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Holzbus. That is at Ryan Holzbus underscore on Twitter. I am your host, and I want to thank you all for joining me for what should be a pretty massive show following a pretty massive week in the lacrosse world as the PLL now has a new broadcasting home. We were also here with a flurry of PLL player uh, contract contract re-signings excuse me throughout uh last week we imagine they will continue into this week the nlo's week 17 had its fireworks as well as a handful of big college across matchups and scores across the acc big 10 and ivy league among others we'll be getting around to all of that in this show as mackie jenner will be joining me in a couple of moments but first i want to thank you all for listening on this tuesday that this show is being uploaded on last week i said we'd be shifting every Monday for uploads, which we will be doing. I just had other conflicts come up that forced us to record on Monday. How about a five-page research paper? Not fun. No, it wasn't. Uh, But we're going to be getting back to that uh, every single Monday upload schedule. Um, Obviously, this show just being on Tuesday, we were forced to record Monday upload on Tuesday. Next week, we should be back to those Monday schedules. As I said, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, whatever you need to do so that you do not miss any future episodes of GLE that's at GL extended across social media but without rambling on for too long let's get right into today's show as I welcome in lacrosse flash writer analyst reporter you've seen her on TSN during NLL broadcast you've seen her on this show or rather listen to her on this show as of late she's at Mackie Jenner on Twitter Mackie welcome back to GLE how are you doing today Hello, I'm great. I'm just recovering from a very long weekend of lacrosse. There was so much going on, so many upsets across pretty much every league that was going on um, this weekend. So it's been fun to kind of, you know, watch and listen to all the different updates going on. Um, my sister, got to give her a shout out. She had her first collegiate goal this past weekend. So there we go. exciting stuff. So yeah, glad to get into the week and I mean, it's only getting started, but we've got a lot lot going on next weekend, too. So <laughs> here we go. There's a ton of lacrosse going on right now, obviously, being that we are coming towards the end of March, beginning of April. The NLL uh, is is heating up. The playoff race is heating up as we're approaching those playoffs. Same thing with college lacrosse. I broadcast MCLA. Uh, you know, club lacrosse games, uh, their season is, is is heating up now as we get towards the end of March, beginning of April. And then as we get into the conference, divisional championships, high school lacrosse also uh, rolling along. And uh, the PLL giving us some some great news here uh, in this last couple weeks of March uh, that we can take with us as we get towards that 2022 season coming up at the start of June. But uh, happy to have you with us, Mackie, as always, to what has seemed Pretty routine. I know GLE had a brief hiatus there uh, when I took a trip down to Key West, but this is practically becoming the Ryan and Maggie show sometimes with other guests. I'm all for it, but let's uh, let's get into today's show. And I want to start with what was a jam-packed weekend in the NLO, which is going to continue into this weekend. But to start, Buffalo uh, getting two huge wins one on the road, one at home against the Thunderbirds. We talked about it last week, being that these two teams at the top of the Eastern Conference uh, separated by just two games, I believe, at the time that they played on Saturday before that game started. Buffalo takes both of them, and in kind of a, a easy fashion, I mean, 18-11 on Saturday, 16-11 on Sunday. What impressed you about this Buffalo team, besides the fact, obviously, now improving to 12-1, and best team uh, in the East, best team in the NLL, frankly, with with the record, uh, you know, trying to get ready for this last playoff push and as they get into the playoffs. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, man, Buffalo is just so good. I really didn't know if they were going to be able to go 2-0. Like I said last last week on the show, it's hard to kind of beat a team once and then beat them again. So I kind of thought they were going to split it, but they just they just continued to roll. Um, Matt Vince, their goalie, had over 130 shots taken on him, and he only let 22 in, which is just absurd numbers and he has been in this league for so long like a seasoned veteran and just keeps getting better with age um you know dane smith had 16 points on the weekend josh Byrne was up there um chris cloutier tohoka nanticoke they were all up there in their numbers and they just continue to roll it's it's a team ball game they have they have defender scoring they have transition guy scoring and ian mckay um you know Things are happening all over the board. I think Halifax got a little bit lost um, on offense. It was a little bit stagnant. Uh, they have some new bodies in, in Dawson Thede and, and Sean Evans still kind of newer to this to this roster. But, you know, they were just taking some some dumb penalties, to be honest, that I think kind of hurt them because Buffalo's power play is so good. They were just able to capitalize. But, man, it just seems like it's Buffalo at the top and then everyone else is mixed in in the middle and you don't really know what's going to happen because it was just such a crazy weekend. Buffalo leads the Eastern Conference at 12 and run uh, 12 and one excuse me right now they're now four games ahead of Halifax and Toronto both of them set at eight and five Halifax right now uh, set in as that two seed um, with Georgia right there behind at eight and six in the four seed uh, trying to stay right there in it they do have a one and a half game advantage it does look like on the Philadelphia wings there in that Eastern Conference so that race heating up uh, and we saw the swarm and rock go at it this past weekend. The Swarm on the road getting a huge win over uh, Toronto. 10-6 final score. That propels the Swarm up into that or keeps them up into that four spot. Really gives them some breathing room as well from Philadelphia and Albany. But no Lyle Thompson and the Swarm still get it done, Mackie. Yeah, absolutely. That was another big shocker for me. I had quite a few of these games in my little pick em game going on. Absolutely wrong. It was just a, a huge upset weekend. Um, and, you know, Georgia was a team at the beginning where I didn't really think that they could play a full 60 minutes. And then hearing that Lyle Thompson was going to be out, I was like, there's no way. Um, there's just no way that they're going to beat this Toronto team at home. And they did it quite, you know, handedly. So, you know, they actually get to play each other again this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Again, like we said with Halifax and Buffalo, it's it's tough to kind of play a, a team twice in a row. Um, but George is back at home and maybe with Lyle, not really sure what's going to what's going on there. Um, but Georgia just keeps getting better. They've kind of finally found their groove. Mike Poulin's doing a great job in net. Um, you know, some of their rookies are starting to, to really set into their roles and it's it's been fun to watch them play. As you said there, Toronto heading back to Georgia this coming weekend. That'll be Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, so make sure to not, uh, you know, knock that one up on the calendar. Make sure you uh, don't miss that. As for other Eastern Conference scores from the week, the Riptide at home hold off the Firewolves, or I should say kind of beat up on the Firewolves. 15-6, New York continues to put in uh, some good lacrosse games week after week. The Wings on the road also defeated the Nighthawks. The Wings trying to stay right in that playoff mix, obviously, as the fifth seed right now in the East, but they could be that fourth Western Conference seed if they finish better than the fourth place Western Conference team, which is the Panthers City Lacrosse Club right now sitting at six and eight. I don't think any of us expected this, Mackie, when the season started, but Panther City at home beats up on the Mammoth 10-6, a team that's right now in second place in that conference. Again, I don't think we really expected this kind of performance from Panther City. This week, last couple weeks, they've been hot. Um, you know, you're looking at their their playoff likelihood where do you where do you put that right now for this panther city lacrosse team 
Yeah, I I mean, honestly, it's not impossible with, again, Vancouver upsetting San Diego this weekend, the Mammoth losing, like, these teams are kind of all losing to each other at some point, and Panther City just continues to keep winning. So if they can keep that stretch kind of going, who knows, they might be able to pass Vancouver in that in that three spot. Um, or even, like you said, have, have that game over um, – the, the wings for that fourth spot. So it's interesting, like Patrick Dodds and Will Malcolm are two of the younger guys on the team and they have 60 plus points this season so far, which is 20 above Phil Caputo's 40 something. So it's just insane to see. And, and Nick Damon's really, you know, finding his groove in that as well. And they, they're, they're super hot right now. They've won five in a row now. I, I think week after week, we're kind of like, eh, you know, who knows what'll happen with them this weekend. And they just keep proving everyone wrong. And so it's been really exciting to see this expansion team kind of not look like an expansion team right now. Um, so I definitely think that it's possible. I don't think that it's out of the picture at all. Um, and I've been proven to be wrong when I say otherwise. So I'm just going to kind of let it, let it go into the universe at this point. Panther city right now, half a game in the loss column, uh, you know, behind Vancouver, who is currently sitting in that third seat. So Panther City, just half a game outside of the playoff picture right now, obviously at six and eight. Philadelphia is at six and seven. So Philadelphia, as of right now, holds that uh that that fourth place Western Conference playoff spot by way of just that half game, that loss. Uh, but as for Panther City, they will not be in action this weekend. You did mention two other Western Conference teams that will be in action. That's Colorado and Vancouver, currently sitting in second and third, respectively, in the Western Conference. Colorado leading by just one game. Uh, but for both of these teams, pretty, pretty tough matchups coming up. Vancouver leads Calgary by a game. Vancouver sitting at six and seven, Calgary at five and seven. So I should say half a game there as well. They'll be matching up this weekend. This weekend on Friday night, nine p.m. Eastern. As for Colorado, a little bit of a difficult, more difficult task, I should say, hosting Buffalo on Saturday night. So we'll see how those games match up. Vancouver also in action Saturday night too. They host Albany. So a little bit of an easier matchup for Vancouver there. We're going to see how that all shakes up with this. Western Conference race here, San Diego, Colorado, Vancouver at the top of it. Panther City right there, obviously winning five five of uh, their last six, staying right in that mix, trying to keep their name right in there. And then Calgary at a uh, five and seven, trying to stay in the mix as well. And you're, we're looking at this weekend slate, a lot of big games. As I said, Vancouver and Calgary. Calgary, you know, not really having the season that we expected, the defending NLL champions. Um, on the outside looking in, what do you see their playoff chances looking like here as as we you know we talked about before we started about four or five weeks now left in this NLL season yeah they had kind of a tough go this year um obviously they let Dane Doby go and I don't know if they want to say that was a mistake but I just think he added fluidity within their offense um you know watching their offense play I think that you you would expect it to be more fluid in the way that they have Zach Hairwires and, and Jesse King and Curtis Dixon Hayden Dixon like guys that are are veterans of this sport in this league and that are able to, you know, put up points, but they just haven't been able to. It's very stagnant um, and a little bit <laughs> frustrating to watch at, at times. And I think their defense is struggling as well. And, and Christian Delbianco can, you know, only do so much for their team. And when he has an off night, it's tough to kind of recover from that because their offense isn't putting up the numbers that they're used to. Um, I don't want to count them out because I feel like they've kind of had a tough season and as a whole because they've been kind of – 
scooped under the rug with a bunch of COVID stuff and, and not playing as many games as, as a lot of the other teams have. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to make that push. I think Vancouver will be a good test for them this weekend coming up. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's just tough to say right now just because they are struggling a lot. A loaded week 18 is uh, is on deck for us in the NLL. Every team will be in action except for Panther City and Saskatchewan, but we will have nine games. A couple big games. Buffalo is going to Philadelphia, so that's right now two playoff teams. Toronto's headed to Georgia again for that rematch from last weekend. Vancouver and Calgary. Vancouver right now in the playoff picture. Calgary on the outside looking in. And then also some big uh, interconference games as well that we talked about right before we started. San Diego going to Toronto. Buffalo going to Colorado. So, Big, you know, interconference teams that are right up at the top of their respective conference races. We will see how that all unfolds. Again, nine games this weekend, starting on Thursday night with Buffalo and Philadelphia. Rounding out, actually, included in this this week 18 is New York going to Colorado. That's Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. So a full weekend, Thursday to Monday of NLL games. Again, nine games over the weekend. Mackie, let's move on to the PLL because we had a massive weekend last week in the PLL, and I just wanted the deals to keep coming because they kept coming, flowing through uh, Twitter all uh, week. Um, but I want to start with, with you know, the major news, obviously, that we got. The PLL on ESPN, the worldwide leader, is now the new home of the Premier Lacrosse League. A four-year media rights deal uh, will, uh, will ensure that all 47 games across the 13 stops will air exclusively on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN+, and ABC, making ESPN pretty much the home of lacrosse, being that they have pretty much all of college across uh, for the men's side, a lot of the women's side as well, uh, NLL and now the PLL. So just absolutely massive just in terms of where the game was, where it's gone, where it's going. Um, this is just nothing but good news. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's huge. Similar to how we all reacted when this similar deal came out with the NLL, it's it's huge. It's, it's league exposure. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome for the fans that might not be able to get to the games, but then it's awesome for people that are just kind of scrolling through their sports feeds and sports fans that just, you know, hop in, happen to get onto a PLL, NLL, NCAA game and are like, what's this and, and get into it. That's how this game is growing. Um, I think it's awesome and I'm really excited. I think Canada, they'll probably, I know they were talking maybe TSN. I mean, that's kind of like our version of ESPN. So I would assume that's the route that they would go, but you know, these TV deals are just going to keep gaining traction and, you know, with their ability to have the streaming services with ESPN plus TSN direct, those kind of things. Um, it's great for people on the road traveling. I mean, I know when I was at school to get all the games on ESPN plus were amazing so to have that for the pll is just is just awesome i'm going to imagine that every game is going to be on espn plus a few games i would imagine as well on espn two i would uh probably a handful i would say espn throw a handful as well and then abc i think we might get one or two there on abc um just in terms of what we've seen in the past what we've seen obviously with the nlo in terms of where their games are whether they're on espn two espn plus um but this is just obviously great news for not just the PLL, but just lacrosse in general. Again, you said it, the exposure, um, just getting it in so many millions and millions of households is essentially just the biggest thing. And then, as you said, um, hoping we're hoping that TSN, you know, that deal would roll out soon. Obviously, you know, we want to make sure our Canadian friends uh, can get all the lacrosse that we're getting as well. Again, PLL on ESPN, it's a four-year media rights deal. So uh, for the foreseeable future, um, the ESPN will be the home of 
the Premier Lacrosse League. Let's move on to uh, our free agency, which is open as well in the PLL. And we saw last week a flurry of deals, player re-signing beginning. Um, many teams taking advantage of it. I know the Archers, the Whipsnakes, uh, the Chrome, the Redwoods, the Water Dogs, a couple of teams that did uh, – whether it was going all in on pretty much the whole roster as the Archers Whipsnakes did, the Water Dogs, on the other hand, locking in their defense, especially a couple of other pieces as well. Um, but just before we kind of get into these deals, which team, um, I, I should say, which team surprised you in how much they did here in the first week of player resigning versus just, you know, which teams didn't really go for much? I know the Redwoods didn't really make that many deals. The Atlas, very quiet as well. So what surprised you just before we get into these deals individually? Yeah, I mean, I want to say that the Archers and the Whipsnakes, because they just did so much, kind of surprised me. But also it didn't because obviously these are two championship contending teams that want to secure their guys. And, you know, they can kind of start that dynasty. This is what we're kind of getting to see with these um, sorts of contracts is that we can have these teams go for for years and years to come that, you know, are going to be at that level. And it's really it's really been exciting to see. I'm surprised that the chaos have not done more. Um, just knowing their roster and you know they're coming off as as the championship um, so I thought that maybe we we're going to see more we only saw two with them I believe I was um, about to mention too before you mentioned Dane Smith and Ian McKay I think you might have mentioned another chaos player I'm like well that that's those are three guys right there that remain unsigned they remain uh, unrestricted free agents I guess is, is what we would call them they're, they're guys that aren't signed yet through through this upcoming season yeah, so that that was just something that kind of surprised me as well, just knowing how successful they have been in the past. Um, but, I mean, it's been really cool to kind of see these different deals roll out and how many, you know, each team are doing, like the Whipstakes and, and Archers, like we said, just so many guys that you want to say it's crazy how much they're doing, but also, you know, these, these are some of the best lacrosse players in the world. They're not going to want to, you know, risk that. So, um it's been really exciting to to see all this all this news kind of come out because we haven't really had much um, PLL stuff in the past few months. So it's it's crunch time now. Has been very quiet uh, the last couple months, and as you're saying, definitely crunch time. I imagine these deals will continue to roll out. We're still waiting on a date for the college draft, but we're going to imagine it's going to come sometime in April, probably sometime, uh, whether it's late April, early May. But uh, you mentioned Dynasty. Let's start with the Whipsnakes, who have won two of the three uh, PLL championships. They won the first two, lost in the championship in uh, our past one in 2021, the one that the Chaos won. They locked up their defense. Bryce Young, uh, Matt Dunn, Ty Warner, who just decided to take a year off and now he's back, um, locked up till 2024, along with Colin Squires, who seems like he might be the next young piece there on that defense. Kyle Burnlore in gold, Joe Nardella at the faceoff X. They're all locked up through 2024 through 2023 for the next two seasons. Michael Earhart at LSM um, and then a couple players as well that uh, Coach Stagnita um, locked up on one-year contracts to remain with the Whipsnakes for this season. That's Justin Gutterding, Jake Carlson, Tim Muller, Jake Bernhardt, and Mike Chaninchuk up to this point. But the Whipsnakes, as you mentioned, really locking up their foundation, what's made them great. And then, you know, you just consider also Matt Rambo is already locked up till 2023 as well. Really the only piece that they're – really the only two names, Zed Williams and, and, and uh, Brad Smith, the only two names that they're, uh, that they're without, that they're, you know, free agents right now. Yeah, I – I mean, that's just it, right? They, they wanted to secure their foundation and, and 
they did that through their defense. Um, my brother goes to reserve and his coach, one of his defensive coaches is Kyle Burnlaw. And, you know, he's been talking to him about, you know, how fun this is to kind of see these contracts come through for this team. And, you know, they, they, they want to get back at it. You know, they lost last year to, to the chaos, but they want to try and get back at it. So, you know, seeing them kind of lock these guys up, I think Joan Ardella was an obvious one as well, too, as we've seen kind of some movement with the faceoff guys throughout this league. Um, but as you said, Colin Squires too. I, I was at Denver with him his senior year and just uh, a great team guy, but I think he's really, really on his kind of peak and it's, and it's going to be fun to watch some of these new younger guys um, kind of make their mark in this league as well. Joe Nardello, one of the top face-off men in the PLL. A couple of the other face-off men got contracts as well. As for the Redwoods, TD Erlen is locked up through 2024. The Water Dogs locked up Jake Withers through 2023. Um, so a couple other moves there as well. The Water Dogs uh, focused on their defense, like the Whip Snakes. Ryland Reese, Eli Gobrecht, Ben Randall, Liam Burns up to this point uh, signed through 2023. Michael Sowers and Connor Kelly also extended. As for the Redwoods, TD Erlin's the only one through 2024. Uh, Coach Nat St. Laurent also locked up a few guys through 2023. As of right now, Rob Pinnell and Sergio Perkovic. And then Matt Cavanaugh and Eddie Glazer, they've been signed to one-year contracts through this season, I mentioned the Archers as well. They kind of locked up guys throughout their roster long term. So in terms of their 2024 uh, signees, Grant Ament, Tom Schreiber, and Graham Hossick, arguably three of the best players at their position, makes sense. Um, in 2023, uh, they got Ryan Ambler and Warren Jeffrey. And then for the 2022, uh, you know, locked up through this 2022 season, uh, completing that attack with Marcus Holman and Will Manny, and then Scott Ratliff, the LSM, as well for the Archers. Then a couple teams, though, did not make that many moves thus far. The Atlas have been quiet. They signed Romar Dennis uh, to a two-year contract through 2023. Also, Eric Law and SSDM Jake Richard through 2024. The Cannons quiet. They signed Brody Merrill for this season. So we will see Brody Merrill, which is awesome uh, for all of us as lacrosse fans. Might be his last season. He might just continue to go like we've seen Tom Brady in the NFL. And obviously hockey players, they they keep going and keep playing. So we'll see how long Brody Merrill wants to go. Stephen Rafe is also locked up long-term, three-year deal through 2024. You mentioned the chaos. Chris Cloutier through 2023. Mark Lassini through 2024. And we'll stop there because that surprises me. Dane Smith. Josh Byrne, uh, a couple other big names as well on this chaos team. Let me pull them up real quick. <laughs> a lot of names that that haven't been uh, signed yet. Um, does help out, though, guys like Chase Frazier, uh, guys like um, Westberg. They are through this season already. The rookies that they have, whether it's Mac O'Keefe, um, a lot of the guys they brought in last year in the entry draft, Challen Rogers, Kyle Jackson, they're already locked up through this season, so that did help a little bit. But those big names, Dane Smith, uh, Josh Byrne, Jack Rowlett, Johnny Surtick, Troy Ray, Ian McKay, those guys still um, not signed through this season. Somewhat of a concern, or or do you say just pump the brakes, give it some time, Coach Towers just has to give a couple more phone calls? Yeah, I I think that's it, right? I think Towers is is confident in his plan, and I'm sure you know whatever's going on up in his mastermind of a brain, he he's got it figured out. Um, but I would say that I was you know thinking about him like, huh, not many not many bandits names, but Cloutier is with the bandits, so you know where where are they at, and and also Blaze Reardon, like that one is kind of a, a big one for me as well. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. There's still time. Um, but yeah, seeing as though so many teams have gotten uh, a lot of their kind of studs 
out of the way. Um, it's interesting to see the chaos of strategy with this. So Blaze Reardon already was signed through 2023. Oh, yeah. So he's all locked in. Um, but yeah, no, Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, a couple of just obviously glaring names. Let me roll through some of my other my other uh, team rosters here because I know there's a lot of guys. We talked about the Atlas. Trevor Baptiste is still unsigned. Brian Costabile for the Atlas, still unsigned. Craig Chick, both the uh, goal or two of the three goalies, I should say, Jack Concannon and J.D. Colarusso, remained unsigned for the Atlas. I want to say the Redwoods also had a few. I know the Water Dogs um, – have not signed Kieran McCardle. Ryan Brown has still remained unsigned. As for, I'm on the Redwoods right now, Jack Kelly. We don't know if we'll see him this season. We know Chim Troutner will be out there. Um, but, yeah, still a lot of big names left unsigned. We'll see uh, throughout the next week or, I imagine, two weeks, we'll see more signings come in. And I want to wrap up with the Chrome uh, because signing two guys through this season, Brendan Cavanaugh at attack, Eli Salama, at LSM and then through 2023, uh, a couple names, not a few that for our PLL lacrosse fans, James Barclay, Jeff Henrik might not recognize those names, but they're signed through 2023 along with Cole Williams, JT Giles Harris, who did not play at all last season, the second over, or the third overall pick, excuse me, out of Duke. And then Ryan Tarafenko as well, who fell to 12th in that college draft, uh, had Tim Sudan smiling there. Sean Scannoni, big name, signed through 2023 by Tim Sudan. Um, likely the Heir apparent in goal as John Galloway did retire at the end of last season. Uh, before last season, though, or I should say to wrap up the MLL, he was the final two goalie of the year recipient um, in the MLL. So Sean Scannoni locked up with the Chrome. Uh, you know, what other moves? Let me pull up the Chrome here as well, guys, that they haven't signed. I'd say what other moves would you like to see this Chrome team make kind of to solidify themselves long term? All the middies, by the way, John Rannigan, Ned Karate, John, uh, Matt, uh, Jordan McIntosh, excuse me, Will Hoss, yet to be uh, signed. Yeah, that's where I was going to go was, was that midfield. I think with what we're kind of seeing is a lot of the defensive kind of guys are being locked up. Um, and then it's kind of like the middies and the attackers are kind of, you know, not quite there yet. So I think, you know, to secure this team a little bit more because they have been struggling, um, that midfield line is, is going to be key in, to, to kind of get those contracts through. But, I mean, who knows what, what we'll see in the in the next little while. I'm glad that, you know, Ryan Tarafinko is up there, a big NLL guy. He's crushing it this season, so it's good to see that there. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see what they what they kind of do with the, with the rest of their, their roster. We've been asking for contract and transaction information. Uh, for the last couple of years here with kind of pro lacrosse and how pro lacrosse has kind of grown. Uh, now we have length of contract. We still don't have the amount or the, you know, the dollar amount that we see with some of these other big professional sports, but we got the first step. We're at least getting the news out there. We have all this breaking news, different guys, obviously breaking the contracts. Our own Austin Owens uh, broke a few contracts there. The Chris Cloutier one, the Graham Hossack one, just to name two. Um, so, yeah, great to see that uh, lacrosse media trying to take over here as as these contracts and the whole free agency uh, for the PLL as they're now introducing it and laying it out. Um, you know, hopefully that will uh, continue to grow and we'll continue to see that it be expanded. Obviously, the media coverage of the sport, something that we want to see expanded over the next couple of seasons with ESPN. That should uh, not be too difficult uh, to make happen. Continuing on here with uh, kind of our PLL transactions, the Cannons today made a couple signings. They added face-off man Alex Woodall, who was originally drafted by, I want to say, the Whipsnakes in the 2019 college draft uh, ahead of the first PLL season. Alex Woodall out of Towson. He faced off just over 74% in 2019 with Towson. Also signing with the Cannons, short-stick defensive midi Dalton Solver, 
who uh, NLL fans know a lot about, obviously playing with that 12-1 and Buffalo Panthers team, a former uh, High Point uh, Panther. I believe that's High Point Panthers. Um, Cannon's made two, uh, obviously had to release two players in order to add these two guys. They drop goalie Jake Stover and midfielder Sam Duggan, both of whom they drafted in last year's expansion draft. I think the biggest takeaway, aside from Solver kind of adding a little bit more uh, athleticism to the midfield for the Cannons, Alex Woodall. I mean, this has been a face-off carousel that I kind of coined that term here for the Cannons and, and Sean Quirk trying to find a face-off guy. He added and dropped guys last season in season. He made a trade to, to bring face-off guys in. Now he made a trade this offseason to get Stephen Kelly. Now adds Alex Woodall. Might have solved the issue, uh, I think, if you're Sean Quirk here. Yeah, I would think so. I think Quirk made a really good choice here bringing on Alex Woodall. Um, I think he should be the number one for for the squad. I think, you know, he crushed his career at Towson, and he he was actually at high point as well too, so kind of funny there. But um, we've actually seen him a few times with the Mammoth as well um, in the NLL this season. So just a, a, a big guy that I think is going to add a lot of firepower to this team, and, and hopefully he will kind of be that, you know, problem-solving person um i think it's going to be really interesting and i'm also excited about the silver pickup as well um obviously yes nll fans are excited but he actually also played offensive mini in college as well so he has a super super opportunity to kind of be this really dynamic player in transition for them um, which i think they'll they'll need to kind of bring that fast-paced game back to to the cannons so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see what what more kind of happens but i think those were two really good pickups for for the cannons a little surprising that it wasn't Andy Towers that jumped on Solver. Yeah, uh, right. Obviously, Sean Quirk beating him to it um, as he locks up and uh, locks up Solver for this season. Not really too sure what the contract looks like. Obviously, uh, we haven't gone that far. We're talking about how far we're kind of getting with with how uh, we're kind of media publicizing these contracts, but we haven't gone that far as guys kind of come in and, and go uh, from the league. Uh, moving on here with our PLL stuff, college draft. We don't have a draft date. We're still waiting for that draft date, but we do have uh, the beginnings, obviously, of our four-round college draft. Chrome do own that number one overall pick, so they'll be able to build um, off what they uh, have done here in free agency. Obviously, a couple more moves that they'll have to make still. Um, the Atlas have the number two pick by way of the Cannons. Uh, that is due to the Paul Rabel trade last season, just over a year ago. Redwoods at three, Atlas or the Archers, excuse me, at four, Atlas again at five. The Chaos then owned the number six overall pick. Uh, via the Water Dogs, that was for the Dylan Ward trade just before last season. And then the Whip Snakes at seven, the defending champs, the Chaos at eight. The Atlas have two picks in the first round. The Chaos do as well. The Atlas have four picks in the first 13 selections, which uh, obviously, you know, they had four in the first 11 last season. The Atlas, one of the best teams uh, last season. We'll see if they can uh, build on that going into this college draft into, into this uh, 2022 season. The Cannons, who we did just talk about, obviously making these two additions, only have two selections. So I imagine we'll see Coach Sean Quirk use that, uh, that you know, use the the trading, use, uh, you know, the player pool, try to improve his team uh, over these next couple of weeks before the season starts. And obviously before the season starts, we'll see the end of the college lacrosse season heating up, obviously, as we get closer to April. And then obviously as we get into May, when we get into a conference tournament, national tournament time, big weekend in the Ivy League. We had two. Uh, top 10 matchups, Yale knocking off Princeton, the number eight team in the country, knocking off the number six team in the country, tight game, 14-12, uh, great game. I watched that one in particular uh, all the way through the finish. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff from both of those squads. Penn, uh, the number four team in the country, defeated Cornell, 
who is the number seven team in the country, 15 to 11. Um, and then as for the ACC, a couple big ranked games as well. North Carolina got a big win. Virginia over Notre Dame. Syracuse over Duke, a result I didn't exactly expect. I expected Duke to kind of stay hot there. Um, and then as for the Big Ten, uh, Johns Hopkins beats Michigan. Rutgers over Ohio State, which Ohio State's been hot. And then not here as we kind of go through this season, Maryland defeated Penn State, and then just another notable Georgetown over Lehigh. Any surprises here, Mackie, as we kind of look over this this men's D1 slate among these uh, these top-tier teams in, in the Ivy League, ACC, and Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, I love seeing the Ivy succeed this year. I think it was sad to not have them last year, um, and so I'm just kind of rooting for them, not anyone in particular, honestly. Just I, I really wanted to be an Ivy this year. Um, I obviously was at Denver, so having them – beat Towson this weekend was also really exciting after, um, you know, they've been kind of struggling earlier in this season. Um, also, I have to give a shout out to Bellarmine. They were up on North Carolina at some point. In, in I think the it was 8-7, right? Yeah. So, you know, ups to them. Um, we have a couple of my high school alumni on that team as well. So it's been exciting to see some other teams kind of pop up there. Um, I think the Rutgers-Ohio State game was also the biggest surprise for me, but I mean, it's really close. Like all of these teams again are kind of, you know, beating each other. And I think Maryland is just kind of pounding everyone. And then it's kind of just a mix of, you know, who's in the middle and there's upsets everywhere. So it's really nice for me to see the Ivies kind of take over that, that top 10 um, with like four or five of them up there. So that's been nice to see. But other than that, I feel like it can kind of be anyone's game for this playoff picture. We're kind of starting to create. Penn at four, Princeton at six, Cornell at seven, Yale at eight. I think Harvard is number 10. Yeah. <laughs> Five teams in the top 10. Absolutely unbelievable. I think I, I saw something on – there might be – I mean, there's only I, – I think they're now allowing – I believe this was actually just announced maybe today or yesterday. They're doing two uh, playing games for the NCAA tournament, so 16 teams now to 20 teams. I think you just got to – I think you've got to – I mean, I guess – that does make sense. You do open it up just a little bit, but I mean, you're looking at the ACC. That might be a five-bit. Obviously, there's five teams in the ACC. That might be a five-bit conference. The yeah. Ivy League's looking like it could be a five-bit conference. The, the the Big Ten, I imagine, at least needs to be a two-bit conference. Whether yeah. you give Ohio State if they can get in there, or whether you know between Ohio State and Rutgers, we'll see how that unfolds. But getting very, uh, very entertaining here in the uh, D1 NCAA lacrosse as we get uh, towards the end of March into April. And obviously, as you said, Maryland rolling over everybody, even the number two team, Virginia, uh, a couple weeks ago, rolling over them. Uh, so we'll see. I imagine we'll see uh, Maryland continue uh, to be hot here down the stretch. As for this upcoming weekend, uh, you know, we'll see all these teams roll on. Penn State going to Ohio State. Maryland will go to Michigan. Richmond will host Virginia. Princeton, the number six team in the country, heads to Brown. Cornell goes to Dartmouth. Georgetown and Denver. Big Big East uh, matchup there. Obviously, the number three team, Georgetown, the number 17 team in the country, Denver. Duke and North Carolina, I believe, right before the Duke-North Carolina March Madness game. I believe uh, both those games are on Saturday. So we'll see uh, if one of those teams can take the sweep or if they can split them or however that, uh, that unfolds. Syracuse heads to Notre Dame. Penn goes to Yale in a top 10 Ivy League matchup. Another top 10 Ivy League matchup, I should say. And then Jods Hopkins heads to Rutgers. So a big slate again in the uh, NCAA lacrosse world and uh, obviously very, very exciting stuff. Which matchup of those uh, really excites you, Maggie, heading into this weekend? 
Definitely Duke UNC. Um, also because of the March Madness. So it's exciting to get to see that kind of in-state rivalry happen twice in one weekend. Um, and obviously those two sports are huge for those schools. So it'll be interesting to see how, how those play out. Um, but, and then also Denver Georgetown, always a rivalry, always, always a good game, no matter where they're ranked. So hopefully Denver can keep it close because Georgetown has been really strong this season so far. Um, so I guess we'll just have to see this weekend. A massive slate in both the NLL and the uh, NCAA D1 lacrosse, also the PLL, uh, keeping us keeping us uh, on our toes here. A lot of news coming out, and obviously, uh, you know, we're very very excited for it. Mac, I want to thank you so much for joining us for today's show here, GLE March 29th. This show, when this show will be uploaded. If you want more uh, content from us. Well, that's for the NLL, that's for the PLL. Make sure to check out the uh, Lacrosse Flash website. You can find Mackey's Flash NLL recaps, Ty Marrow's Flash stats. Um, Teddy and Pat are also on TSN for uh, these uh, NLL broadcasts. They were together this weekend, I believe, for a game or two. You can also find Mackie uh, on TSN for her lax facts. And if you want more on the NLL, make sure to check out the Off the Crossbar podcast uploaded every Thursday featuring Pat Gregoire and Teddy Jenner. But that is going to do it for today's show. I want to thank you all for listening. As I said before, make sure to follow Goal Line Extended on both Twitter and Instagram at GL Extended for all the latest updates on this show. Also, make sure to head on over, like I said, to lacrosseflash.com where you can catch up on anything that you might have missed from this past weekend's NLL slate. And our incredible Lacrosse Flash team will be sure to get you ready for this upcoming weekend in the NLL along with the upcoming uh, NLL playoff push which is about to heat up to maximum temperatures over the next few weeks. A ton of awesome content that the Lacrosse Flash team is pumping out weekly uh, and daily, so make sure to read up on all the latest around the world of lacrosse. And with that, I wish you all a happy and healthy week, and and I will talk to you all next week. Cheers. show on twitter and instagram at gl extended and subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcast outlets